At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This episode is an interview with Danielle Johnson, a senior photographer in Texas. She photographs young people very beautifully and gives them photos that they cherish their whole lives. She shares tips on working with young people, her experience in the competitive photography industry, and much more. Please enjoy. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Please feel free to introduce yourself to the listeners. Hey, I'm super excited to do this. This is actually my first podcast. Um, so my name is Danielle, and I am located in Cibolo, Texas, which most people don't know Cibolo, but it's right on the outskirts of San Antonio, Texas. Would you like to talk about the equipment that you use? Sure. I actually use two bodies. I am Nikon, Team Nikon. So I use my Nikon D610 and my Nikon D810. And my go-to lens is normally between my 50, I have a Sigma Art Lens 50, and my 70 to 200. But I also do, every once in a while, I may use my 35. And I can't even tell you the last time I used my 85. It literally sits in my camera bag. So I need to actually pull it out and play with it. Mm -hmm. And for the camera bodies that you use, do you bring both of those to your shoots? No, I don't. I normally leave one at home. I was primarily shooting with my D810. And in October, I had a little accident with it and broke it during one of my sessions. So I had to run home and grab my 610. And oddly enough, I've been shooting with my 610 ever since. Every once in a while, I'll shoot with my 810. But I normally just reach for the 610 and put it in my bag for some reason. Mm-hmm. Wow, but what happens when you break a piece of your equipment during a shoot? That must be really stressful. Um, you cry. No, I didn't cry. <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> I got very flustered and I was trying not to um, stress out my client. So luckily, yeah. for me, I was literally maybe about 30 minutes away from my house. So I explained to her, I just broke my camera. I'm going to run home and get my other body. I will be back. And so she waited and I drove, I sped home and sped back to the location. And we just resumed as, you know, like normal because I didn't want her to stress out and I didn't want her to feel bad because I could see it on her face. She felt bad. It wasn't even her fault. So in that case, I was lucky enough to be kind of close to home where I could come home, get my other body and run back and just resume with the session. But yeah, that was a very um, expensive lesson to learn. Don't just sit your camera down on a chair and turn your back because it, it rolled and it fell. And it didn't even fall that far, but it did pretty extensive damage to my camera. Mm. Oh, that must have been horrible. I'm so sorry about that. But you treated that very professionally and 
seems like you had a successful shoot nonetheless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it wasn't her fault. It was not the client's fault. It was totally my fault, but I did not want her to stress out. And I really didn't want to reschedule because she had already had hair and makeup done. So um, in that case, it's just like, we're going to do what we got to do. And we're just going to, we're going to make it happen. So luckily for me, it worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very glad that it did. Why did you become a photographer? I... I think I inherited it from my dad. Honestly, my dad, he's not a professional photographer, but he's been taking pictures his whole life, my whole life, actually. So I have really good pictures. I have really good documentation from basically when my mom was pregnant with me until now, because my dad always has his camera on him. So in high school, I took photography and it was okay. And then I think when I had my kids, I kind of got into it, but it wasn't really until I got to Germany because I got there and I had like a little just point and shoot camera and we would go and travel to all these castles and it just was not relaying what I was seeing in person. So I decided to graduate to a, you know, big girl camera and I brought, I actually started out with a Canon and I soon realized that you have to pretty much know how to tell the camera what to do. Because if not Mm -hmm. automatic, the camera decides what it wants to focus on, what it doesn't want to focus on. Um, And then it just kind of started from there with, okay, I need to learn how to use this camera. And I just love learning the science behind photography because it is truly a science on, you know, lighting and, you know, what your settings mean on your camera. And it just, it grew from there. Mm-hmm. That is an incredible story. It's amazing that your dad inspired you to become a photographer and that you have all of these pictures from your childhood growing up up until this point. I think that's a, a very unique thing to have in your family. Yes, yes. And like I said, my dad, I don't think, I, especially when he travels, you're not going to see him without a camera. He's huge into documenting and taking pictures. So that's. I think that's where I got it from, was seriously from him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's also good motivation for photographers who are beginners because you not only have the opportunity to express yourself creatively and to find out more about yourself as an artist, but you also have the chance to inspire maybe people in your family or your friends to also become photographers. And it's this constant cycle of inspiration, I think, which truly feels like a gift. It is. It is a gift. I think you have to have a passion for it, too. Um, you know, some people will just take pictures and it's like, oh, you know, it'll sit on disc for years or whatever. But and I think I had to learn to to kind of program myself into making disciplining myself into like actually organizing pictures and printing pictures off because it's just easy just for it to sit on a disc. And I mean, I got our first digital camera for my husband back in, good Lord, 1997, I think. And just to see how like cameras have evolved from 1997, you have to, because it's always changing. So you have to be disciplined on, you know, actually archiving and organizing those pictures too. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is a good tip in general, I think, to print your pictures as much as you can and to have sort of a, an organized collection of photographs that give you a good idea of how much you're progressing as an artist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You work locally in Texas and you have a successful senior photography business. From what I understand, senior photography isn't available all year round, right? There are specific seasons for it. Yeah, and it just really depends on where you're located, especially here in the States. Um, I'm lucky in that Texas, we don't have a fall. <laughs> I think we go straight like summer to winter and we really don't even have a winter. It doesn't get that cold. But for me, generally, my downtime starts in November and then I'm normally slow through February and normally at the end of February through March, I pick back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know it's different for different regions. You know, people up north, they're really limited because they're getting all four seasons. So, um, you know, then some places just starts to snow in like October, which I can't even imagine because I, I really don't care for snow. But just luckily for here in Texas, we really don't encounter a lot of crazy winters. 
but just in general things for this I know senior community here in Texas, especially in my area, we tend to slow down probably in November, right before the holidays, and then we'll pick up again in February, definitely March timeframe. They'll start booking their pictures again for their graduations. Mm-hmm. And how do you tackle that? Because it's not a constant schedule. And as you said, you have a lot of downtime. So how do you deal with that as a business owner? So what I tend to do for myself is I strictly do high school seniors and teens. I don't have like a a really side hustle. So, you know, other photographers, they're out doing, you know, family pictures and they're still doing, you know, maybe newborns on the side. But for me, I strictly deal with high school seniors and teens. So what I try to do is during my downtime, I plan to do, I do my creative shoots during that downtime. Um, So last year, I have a spokesmodel team. So what a spokesmodel team is, I have a team of high school seniors that basically represent my brand. They, um, I do their senior pictures and they post. And if, you know, one of their friends is looking for a senior photographer, they'll tell them about their experience, all that kind of stuff. So I utilize my team actually during my downtime. So last year we planned a holiday shoot. So I actually, I rented a Santa Claus. Santa Mike is the coolest person ever. I rented him and we actually did like a holiday themed shoot. So I picked a location and I had probably, I think 12 or 13 girls show up and we did this Christmas themed shoot. I always just try to like, during that time period, challenge myself as a creative. So if I have the downtime, then then I can focus on fun creative stuff for myself. So that's how I use my downtime. And everybody's going to be different, especially people that specialize. It's a little bit harder for, um, you know, depending on what specialty you you're focusing on. But I know for seniors, we do have that downtime. Summertimes here in Texas, because it is so hot, we normally don't shoot. So normally July, July is out. It's ridiculous to try to shoot. Mm. So I know I utilize my July with focusing on my business. What can I do? I start to restructure stuff. I look at my prices. I look at my packages. What do I want to do different? So normally my month of July is strictly focusing in on my business and restructuring and getting organization and all that kind of stuff. So that come August, I'm ready for the new school year. Mm -hmm. That's a really unique schedule to have, I think. And do, do you think that it helps you with your creative side? Because as you said, you have July off and you can focus more on the business side of things. And then you have so many months off where you can just be creative. Do you feel that taking time off of your creativity or taking time off of senior photography help you as a photographer in general? It does. It does. And I I encourage everyone to always take time off and do something, not necessarily take time off, utilize your downtime and do something creatively for you. Because what happens is we get burnt out as, as photographers because our number one priority, of course, is our clients. What do our clients want? So what I found last year was a perfect example. I, I had probably 12 to 14 girls that wanted the same location for their senior session. They all wanted the same location. So you get burnt out going to the same location over mm-hmm. and over and over and still try to make it, you know, make it special for them because they don't know you've been to this location 39 times in the past two months. For them, it's, you know, they're excited and it's new for them. So coming up, you know, showing up to those sessions and having that energy and making it fun for them, but still in the back of your mind, it's kind of like I'm burnt out on this location. So when you can utilize that downtime and do something creatively for you, it almost recharges you. That's what I find for myself. So I'm like, oh, I'm so burnt out. You know, I just want to do something fun for myself, then it mm-hmm. like reaches me because then I'm in control of this session. I get to pick outfits and I get to pick the location and I get to pick how I want hair and makeup to look. And so it re- it gives you that recharge because you do get burned mm-hmm. out. 
Yeah, that is so important to keep in mind, especially if you constantly work with clients. As you said, you do get burnt out, even if the clients are overseas, even if you're working online, it doesn't matter who you're working with. If you're doing it for someone, you have to obviously be flexible and listen to their guidelines. As you said, I can only imagine how challenging it is to work in the same location so many times with models who are completely unaware of the fact that you've been there so many times. I mean, you exactly. have to make it look as refreshing as possible. So yeah, it is right. super important to have downtime. It's a very good reminder in general. Right. So when you have that downtime, you can actually plan something creative. It just, it kind of like gives you that new breath, like, okay, I can go back to this location for the next five times and I'm okay because I was able to break up the monotony and do something for myself. It makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I know for a fact that many of your models feel very comfortable in your presence. You're very adaptable and creative. You also make sure that all of your models feel heard, which I think is a quality that every portrait photographer should have. How do you make sure that all of your models feel comfortable in front of the camera? So this was actually a hard lesson learned because when I started taking pictures six, seven years ago, actually longer than that, I went with this whole cookie cutter method in that you treat, you know, everybody the same. But what I soon realized was that you can't. Everybody is so different. And it, it really hit home for me when I decided to specialize in high school seniors because everybody is so different. And what, how you showed up in your energy for your session two days ago is going to be different from the way you show up in your energy with this client that you have today. And so I learned this the hard way, especially when I worked with my female seniors versus my male seniors. Mm -hmm. I couldn't treat my male seniors the way I treat my female seniors. My female seniors, oh my gosh, they show up, they're excited. It's almost not quite like a wedding, but like they think it out that they know what they know, where they want to go. They know what they want to wear. They know how their hair, how they want their hair to look. They know how their makeup is supposed to look. Everything is so thought out for the girls that show up and they're so excited. Probably about 75% of the boys that I work with are taking senior pictures because their moms want them to take senior pictures. <laughs> right? That's so different. Yeah. It's totally different. And it's a totally different energy. So what I had to learn was with my girls, you show up, you know, we, we are doing our session like 30 minutes later. I'm like, hey, are you ready to change? They're like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, what are we going to wear next? And they already know, okay, I'm going to wear this skirt with this shirt. All right, let's do it. Versus a boy session, I show up, I'm excited, and they're just there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And, you know, we do pictures and I always tell them up front, whenever you're ready to change your clothes, let me know you're ready to change. And then I'll notice like, okay, we're coming up on about 30 minutes. Hey, are you ready to change your clothes? And 100% of the boys will look at their moms and say, do you want me to change? So <laughs> I have to take control. And I love when the parents show up. I love when the parents are their, their kids cheerleaders, but I have to kind of eliminate the parents out of the picture and focus straight on my client. So with my boy clients, I'm definitely like, don't ask mom. Do not ask mom. Are you ready to change your clothes? And they'll be like, well, yeah. Okay. What do you want to wear next? And nine times out of 10, they'll look at their mom. And I'm like, do not look at your mom. <laughs> I'm asking you as my client. Your mom is not my client. I'm asking you as my client, what do you want to wear next? And they'll tell me, oh, let's, you know, let's do the khakis with the polo. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get you changed. And then by then, there's kind of like you have to give them, I've learned with boys especially, you have to give them the power. You have to make them feel like they're in control of the situation. And then it becomes fun to them. And then they start posing themselves and they're like, oh, can we use these stairs? Oh, can we use? And they get into it because. Now I've kind of taken mom out of the picture and I'm letting you have the say so on what to do. So that's the formula. That's my formula. It may not work for everybody else, but it works for me, especially because I know going into this, 
I was that mom too. When it came to my youngest son and I hired my friend to do his senior pictures, I was that mom. <laughs> I was yeah. that, and she had to tell me a couple of times, um, okay, Danielle, I'm not asking you. I'm asking Jaden. Like, Jaden, what are you ready to change? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like now I get it. I'm that mom, you know? So <laughs> for boys, especially, you have to figure out what works for them. You have to make them feel comfortable. Number one, in front of the camera, and you have to make them feel comfortable in that environment, and you have to make them feel like they're in control of that situation because they're your client. With girls, every girl shows up nervous. Every girl shows up nervous. So what I do for all my clients, actually, is we have a 10-minute warm-up. So we're not even, this is not included, this is not part of your session. We're just going to warm up for 10 minutes. Because sometimes, for me, it's my first time meeting them. So I don't know, like, what is your favorite side? Do you prefer your right side or left side? Um, I ask them ahead of time if they have any kind of insecurities about their body. Is there something you don't like? You know, sometimes, oh, I don't like my nose or I don't like to photograph my left side. I like my right side or, you know, so that kind of stuff. I can kind of walk into it already knowing, you know, don't photograph her toes. She doesn't like her toes, that kind of stuff. But then I will show them. We'll do this warm up. Okay, I'm going to do some full bodies of you. We're going to do several looks. Let's do really nice smiling. Let's smile for mom. Okay, let's go to a nice, really soft, relaxed look. Ooh, no, now you're giving me angry. Let's soften it up a little bit. So I'm working with them for about 10 minutes. And as I'm working with them, I'm showing them the back of my camera so they can see how they look. And normally I'm shocked. They're like, that's me? Oh my gosh, like, that's me? Yes, girl, that is you. Like, you are working it. And then that helps them to relax and they're a little bit more comfortable and they're not feeling as awkward. Especially, you know, some poses, you put them in a pose and you see it on their face. They're like, I feel so awkward. I'm like, if it feels awkward, that means it's a hot pose. Like, you know, just go with it and I'm going to show you the back of my camera how you look. I will never have you looking crazy. You don't hire me to take pictures of you looking crazy. And so I will show them and they're like, oh my gosh, like that is so cool. That is so neat. I love that angle. Like, why are you laying in the middle of the street on your stomach? Because I'm trying to get a different perspective. I explain stuff so they understand the method to my madness and it puts them at ease because I never want anyone to be like uncomfortable and have anxiety and be nervous for the whole session. Because it's going to show in their face that they were nervous for the two hours I worked with them. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very impressed because, first of all, it shows in your pictures that you put so much effort. But I had no idea that you put that much effort, like having that 10 minute warm up session or getting to really know the clients and letting the boys speak for themselves and giving them the power to make decisions. I think all of those collectively is what makes you a really successful senior photographer. You have to, because if not, it's going to show on their face for the whole time that, that you're photographing them, that they're not comfortable with you. You know, they're not comfortable in that situation or for boys, it's going to show on their face that I really didn't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I'd rather be at home playing PlayStation with my boys. You know, it's, it's going to show on their face. So it's just a, trying to figure out how to make it fun for each person and realize that it's not cookie cutter. It's going to be different for every person. Absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed this in my own life with the podcast, especially because every person you interview, they all have a different personality and you can't approach everyone the same way. I mean, everyone's right. excited and nervous much right. in the same way as when somebody has a photo shoot for the first time. So you really have to adapt and get to know them first. And it's an exciting process for sure, but it's also a challenging one. And I think what you do in your work is truly impressive because you really, really care about your seniors. You're not just there to take pictures of them, but you want them to have the best experience possible. And that's my whole thing. It's about the whole experience. It's not just show up, take pictures, and you get really nice pictures out of it. It's the whole experience from the time that you contact me until the time that I deliver your products to you. I want it to be something that you truly remember the whole experience. So that, you know, because... I mean, we all know, especially when you have a business, word of mouth is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You can put tens of thousands of money, you know, dollars into marketing. But in the end, word of mouth is everything because that's what we depend on. We want to know 
our friends' experiences or, you know, mom's talk. And it's like, okay, so who did you go to for your senior portrait? Tested. Oh, you know, I went here. And that's the last thing you want is somebody to be like, oh my gosh, don't go to Danielle. She's horrible. Like our pictures were horrible. Or, you know, working with her was a nightmare. I don't, I don't want that. It takes one bad review and it can just shut your business down. Mm-hmm. Especially with social media. It only takes one bad, you know, somebody really bad experience. And then, you know, it can literally tear your business apart and take you forever to rebuild. So that's my whole thing is I love what I do and I want everybody to walk away from their session and be like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I had fun. It, you know, I loved it versus, you know, huh, it was okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I personally wish that I were a senior in Texas so we could have a shoot because I'm sure I would have an incredible experience with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, senior portraits was not a thing. When I was in high school, you just went up to the school and had your pictures done and that was it. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, uh, you know, have pictures done through the school and then you're going to hire so-and-so to do your pictures. Senior portraits was not a thing. And so the fact that it's a thing and I love working with this age group, it's just just mind-blowing sometimes. Yeah, it truly is mind-blowing. When I was in high school, we never had senior portraits or anything like that, as you said. Um, yeah, I think it's similar to what you mentioned, where we also just had our pictures taken at school. They, they were all very you know, classical, senior-ish graduation pictures, nothing too crazy, right. and nothing too creative either. So it is cool that kids nowadays have this opportunity to get extra creative and take pictures that they're truly proud of and can cherish for the rest of their lives. Actually, yeah, that's exactly what I, my goal is, is that I want them to look back at their pictures and it, it, those pictures tell their story. Mm-hmm. So when they see their kids, their pictures, these pictures 20 and 30 years from now, it tells their story. Unlike my picture where I look like everybody else in my class because yeah. it was cookie cutter, right? It was just, it was like a cattle call, come in, come out, you know, come in, sit down, cheese, okay, go, like next person, next person. There's nothing about my senior pictures that tell my story. I mean, were you into urban stuff? Were you into country? Like, there's nothing about my senior pictures that tell my story. Mm, yeah, and that's unfortunate. And all of the dreaded cheese, oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yes, really? But yeah, I love doing this because it helps them to tell their story and their kids will be able to look back at these pictures and be like, oh, my gosh, like that was such a cool location, mom. Or, you know, wow, mom, you really were cool back then, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really nice to know that you are sort of the creator of so many special memories that even their children will cherish and maybe their grandchildren, too. It's it's very cool. Absolutely. Mm hmm. PhotographyCourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Are there any other photography genres that you'd like to pursue in the future? I think the only thing I would really so this is the thing when I first started photography, I, I dabbled into everything. I did everything because I wanted to see if I liked it. I didn't know at the time what I really liked. Um, I could tell you off the bat, newborn photography is definitely not for me. Oh my goodness, it takes a special person a gifted person to work with newborns. And I just thought I don't have that gift. Weddings is too much pressure. Yeah. Weddings is, I think I stress myself out with weddings because there's just so many moments within that wedding that you have to make sure you capture. Cause it's not like 
or portrait session when you say, oh, no, go back and repost. Like, you can't tell a bride and groom, go back and do that kiss again because I didn't get it. Yeah. So I think weddings, I don't like weddings. It's just too much pressure on myself. I think the only thing that I would really consider doing another, if I had to do another genre, I would love to do a little bit more editorial stuff. Mm-hmm. I could see myself doing editorial. I would feel comfortable doing editorial type stuff. Um, yeah, I think you'd be really good at that. Yeah. And um, oh, I forgot. So I, I was in school. I actually went to school for photography. I graduated in December. And one of my instructors would always say, you got editorial. Editorial, you got it. Like you, You're good with editorial type stuff. So that's something I feel really comfortable with doing is editorial. That would probably be the only other genre because nothing else appeals to me. I don't like product stuff. To me, product photography is boring. I don't like <laughs> products. I'm like, I hated doing product photography in school. I don't like landscape stuff. To me, landscape is boring. I like having human interaction when I take pictures. And so mm-hmm. telling me to go out and take a picture of this old shed, it's just like, it's boring to me. But other people go out there and rock it. And I'm like, what? Like, how did you do that? Buildings, I'm just not into buildings. So I think it would probably be more on the editorial side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just mentioned that you finished photography school in December. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, I graduated from the Art Institute here in San Antonio in December. So I now have my Bachelor's of Fine Art in Photography as well. That is incredible. Would you recommend that to photographers, even those who already have some experience in the industry? Oh, Lord. It depends. It really depends on what is your goal. What is your goal? I love mm-hmm. that I went. I learned a ton. I learned a ton in, you know, Photoshop. I went in there. I, th- I was a little cocky. I thought, like, I'm so good in Photoshop. I didn't know nothing about Photoshop, come to find out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What? Like, channels and Kurt? Like, what? I had no clue about what. I was so basic when it came to Photoshop. So I got my little chip knocked off my shoulder when it came to Photoshop because I was just like, oh, my goodness. So help me with my Photoshop skills. I will be very honest and just, I have no qualms in saying I, I am horrible when it comes to studio lighting. I, you can put me in a studio and you will question whether or not I'm a photographer because I struggle. <laughs> I struggle so bad with studio lights. I could say I'm probably comfortable with studio lights. For some reason, my go-to is um, Beauty Dish. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> give me a beauty dish and I will work it but tell me I have to use like studio lighting is just my weakness that's my kryptonite so again it made me a little more comfortable with studio lighting but I just really um it really depends on what is your goal what is your goal in obtaining your bachelor's of fine art in photography I don't no, it just really depends on that person. Yeah, I guess a general guideline is maybe if you are genuinely interested in trying out different genres and yeah. getting to learn from professionals in the field and collaborating with your fellow students, then maybe yes. it's a good idea to check it out, even if you're not 100% sure. But if you feel in your heart that you're interested in it, then maybe you should yes. try it out. Because in my experience, that has worked for me. If I was unsure about something, uh, but I still wanted to try it out, and I felt it in my heart that I genuinely wanted to be a part of it, then usually I had a really good experience. And I would highly recommend looking at several schools mm-hmm. and looking at their curriculum. Because the school, oh, sure. I kind of, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of regretted it. I wish I hadn't went to another school because the other school was, um, they actually had a dark room. So you, you had to shoot with film. You have your own. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that would be so neat to do that. And my school didn't offer it. So I would definitely highly, highly recommend it. That's something you want to do. Look at several programs and definitely look at the curriculum to see what is being offered, what's required, and what's being offered. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, you need to assess all of your options and make sure that you're choosing the best possible school for yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, because if I had known halfway through what I'm, I would have picked another school. I would have picked another school. So mm-hmm. but by the time it's halfway done. So I'm like, there's no point. Yeah, yeah, it is difficult with making decisions like that, especially if you do have several options. Sometimes you're in the middle of a project and you're like, oh, but then it's easier to quit a project than it is to transfer from one school to the next. So, yeah, yeah. it's kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. You previously mentioned that you sometimes shoot in the same locations many, many times with different models. And we've already discussed how challenging that can be. But how do you make each photo shoot unique, regardless of the location? Um, so I have to get out of my mind. <laughs> That's the first thing. And get out of my mind and not think it at think of it as, oh my gosh, I have to go back to this location. But look at the individual and understand that this is their first time ever having a photo shoot at this location. And then what I try to do is I try to make it different for each person. There's some places, like for me, an example would be the Pearl. Everybody wants to shoot at the Pearl. The Pearl is a beautiful location. They put a lot of money and they've renovated it. So it's a beautiful location and it backs up against the Riverwalk. So what I try to do is say like for my last class where I had literally like 12 or 14 girls that wanted the pearl, do something different for each girl. So I have the main spots that I always go to, but then I try to take them off the beaten path just a little bit and do something different. So, you know, like for this client, maybe we'll walk behind this building and we'll use the sidewalk and we'll use like the parking meters. And then next time We'll go, you know, behind this other building because there's a really cool stairs, set of stairs back there. Um, so I just try and make it different for everyone. That way it's not so monotonous for me. Um, and, I, and I'm very honest with each person, too. I tell them sometimes that I get so locked in on the next location where I want to go. If you see somewhere that you want to use, just stop me and say, hey, can we, can we use this set of stairs? Absolutely. Let's let's do it. Because sometimes I get so channeled on where like where to go next. But I always try and do something just a little bit different for each person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really really good to ask your clients what they want as well, especially in terms of locations, because then you have more ideas. It's basically two people coming up with fresh ideas, and together that can really make a big difference in your shoot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What I really, really like about you as a photographer and a person is that you have a tribe of photographers in Texas. You basically have this fantastic community of people who have your back. There's no envy or angry competition there. How do you build a healthy community locally, especially if it involves photographers that you're technically competing with? That is an awesome question. So I would say maybe about probably about five or six years ago, my good friend Christina actually started this Facebook group and it was only for um, senior photographers. So people that primarily shot senior photographers here in San Antonio. And that was probably the best idea. And I would recommend anybody out there to do the same thing because what this does, it does, it works on many levels. But the one that the first thing that it does is it creates mutual respect for everyone. So there's probably about 14 of us in this group. And we respect one another, even though we're on different parts of town, we're on different sides of town, and um, our targets might vary just a little bit. But there's this mutual respect because now we know each other. So I think what a lot, what happens a lot is photographers don't get to know each other and then it becomes very catty and clicky and it be, then it becomes um, very competitive, which is dumb because there's more than enough people to photograph, especially here in San Antonio. Like there's no need for us to be fighting over senior clients because there's a plethora of senior photographers. So that she created this group and we would come together probably three or four times a year. We would meet up for lunch and we would just talk and, you know, discuss things. But it was mainly, we didn't talk a lot of business, honestly. It was just, you know, life things and getting to know each other as people outside of photography. And then what that does is just a mutual understanding. 
it's a mutual understanding. So if something was to happen, then you can reach out to that person and there's no, it's not awkward. It's not chatty. It's not people being rude. So prime example is I did the prom mini sessions this past June because of COVID. The kids lost out on their second half of the school year. There was no prom and these girls had already gotten their prom dresses and stuff. So I decided to give them a prom mini session. So they came and I told them they could either bring like their boyfriend, date, or they can bring a friend. And one of my girls picked a girl that is on another team. So what that photographer did, the girl was very honest and she went to her and said, hey, so-and-so invited me to be in Miss Danielle's mini session for prom. Can I do it? And the photographer said, absolutely. But just understand there's some things that you cannot do. Like, so if the girl was to post it, she can't tag me because that's conflicting. Now, why do you have two senior photographers pictures on your pages and stuff? And then that photographer in turn reached out to me and said, hey, Danielle, just to let you know, so-and-so called me last night and said that she wanted to do a prom mini session and I'm totally okay with that. And I said, absolutely, I'll just make sure that I don't post her on my page and I'll tell her not to post my pictures um, if she does, don't tag me, don't give me credit. And she was like, that works. So there's a mutual respect versus, you know, I don't know that photographer, that photographer doesn't know me. And then it's kind of like not taking it out on the clients, but then it becomes very catty and very just unprofessional is what it basically boils down to. So when you are able to get a group of photographers to come together and you guys all have the same mutual respect and understanding, it makes things so much easier. And these seniors know they talk amongst each other and they compare like different senior models, sports model programs and stuff. So it's almost like we're a united front. That's the best way to describe it. We're all a united front. And there's no gonna, there's not going to be any drama because we're all aware. I feel comfortable reaching out to Christina. I feel comfortable reaching out to Danielle. And it's in return, you know, Danielle knows she can reach out to me. Leah knows she can reach out to me. There's just this mutual respect. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I can imagine what a huge difference that makes. And as you said, you're a united front and the seniors respect you as a whole for it. And I think it allows them to work even better amongst themselves, seeing their photographers collaborating so nicely together. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is truly amazing. And it's so nice what you did for the seniors during COVID, um, doing a, a free prom session for them. Crazy. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. It must have been quite hectic. It was very hectic. That was, I think I, I did two days and I ended up with 33 people in two days. Wow. Wow. That is incredible. Crazy. I don't know if I'll do that again. I'll have to like plan that better. It was very organized and everything, but oh my gosh, it took a toll on my body. (laughs) I can imagine that would take a toll on me. I would need to sleep for a week at least. I didn't get out of bed Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But kudos to you for doing that. I mean, as you said, it was organized and you got the job done. And you graciously gifted all of these seniors your time and your skills. So, yeah, I think that's a, a really nice thing to do. Yeah, it was just something small for them. Like I said, it just wasn't fair that their year ended like that. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. What has been your biggest accomplishment so far? That's a hard question. I think the fact that I'm still in a business, honestly, that would probably be one of my biggest accomplishments. Um, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a hard question. I, yeah, yeah, it is a bit of a difficult question, isn't it? Yeah. I think it would be difficult for me to answer that as well. I think just the fact that I'm still here and I'm, I'm still taking pictures and I'm still able to service my clients, you know, that's a huge accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have a steady flow of students coming your way all the time and I see on my feed these constant updates from you and they're all very beautiful and unique. So I'm truly proud of you and your work. And it's incredible that you are still thriving very, very much in this business. Thank you. 
Thank you. If you were a high school senior again, who would you hire to take your senior portraits? Ooh, that's another hard one. I like, really think about that one because um, there's so many, there's so many great photographers out there. I think it just really depends on like where I was located. And like if my parents were really, really rich, you can just like send me anywhere. <laughs> well, okay. Yes. If you could go anywhere, if your budget were limitless, where would you go and who would you shoot with? Oh, Lord. I would love to have, if I was a senior, there's several people actually. Probably I would have to pick my good friend, Christina. Okay. She's like, she's bomb when it comes to senior portraits. Like she, her brain is to me, is, it functions on another level because she sees color. Oh my gosh, that woman sees color like nobody's business. So Christina Ramirez photography would be one of my choices. Another one of my choices would probably be, I totally love this lady's work. She's out of Tampa. Her name is Charlene Gifford. Mm -hmm. She's like on the same playing field as Christina. They both see colors. Like it's ridiculous. And Charlene, I actually brought her book on location scouting because some of the locations she goes to, like when she's taking pictures and you see her, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And then she'll do like a pullback scene and you're like, wait, what? Like that was an abandoned <laughs> station. Like she, she's like, it's crazy the way she makes you look at, like I said, I brought her, I brought her locations scouting guide and I read it. And now that I find that I'm looking at things differently, I'm looking at like locations I've been passing by probably like the last four or five years. And I'm looking at them differently. Like, oh my gosh, why did I never think to stop here and shoot? So Charlene Gifford would be another one. Who else would be another good senior photographer? What if you could choose any photographer regardless of genre? Like any general portrait photographer, for example? Yeah, and they don't even shoot adults, really. They, they focus on kids. But if I could pick any, and this probably sounds crazy, any person to shoot my pictures, I would want creative soul to shoot my pictures. Have you heard of Creative Soul? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness, you have to go look at their work. So Creative Soul, they've actually gone viral here with the past couple of years, but they focus on young girls, um, young black girls, especially with natural hair. Um, it's basically like self-love and you know, um, love your hair, love, love everything about. They're like, I can't even, I fangirl them so hard. I love, love, love Creative Soul. I have to check them out. Sounds really, really cool. Go check out their work because they're, I don't know. I just love, love, love. And I've been following them for probably about four or five years now. And I love everything about them. I love their message. I love their work. I love everything about Creative Soul. So probably I would have them, which is weird because I can't even think of like, I see images of like, famous photographers, but I would really, I, I think I would be creative so <laughs> to do my pictures. Those are, all, those are all really great answers. I really like them. Yes. That's so hard though. <laughs> it is kind of hard, isn't it? Yeah. Easy <laughs> photographers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so difficult to pick. I mean, sometimes I have to compile a list of my favorite photographers and that is impossible. That's yeah, it's incredibly difficult because you know so many people and you see so many talented artists and it's just impossible to choose. Yes. And I think if I wanted like a whole like kind of dramatic lighting setting, I would pick Keisha Lambert. She's amazing too with her lighting. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's like the next six hours and I could probably like still be spinning out photographers because like the more <laughs> I think about it, I'm like, oh, like I would want her to take my pictures too. And oh, I want him to take my pictures. But yeah. This <laughs> that is awesome. That is incredible. Okay, Danielle, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Um, I'm just going to be brutally honest. If there's one thing I would like to achieve, I want to see more people that look like me. Mm -hmm. I want to see more Black people, I wanted to see more minority people represented 
especially like when we're talking, you know, these big photography, these big corporations, you know, um, I think Nikon and Canon and Sony, they've done really good here recently with, you know, naming ambassadors and you have more people of color um, as mm-hmm. ambassadors and representing these brands. I don't want to be a pessimist, but, you know, how something happens and it like gains traction for a little bit. And then after a while, it kind of like dies off. But I would love to see um, more people. I would love to see more females too. Mm-hmm. Photography is just, it's a, it can be a male dominant field as well. Mm-hmm. I would love to see females represented. I would love, love, love to see more conferences held where it's truly diverse. That's just my thing. I just want to see more representation. Yeah, that is very important. In this photography world, because it can be discouraging, you know, to look at big businesses and, you know, you go out there and you look at conferences they're throwing or you're looking at their ambassadors or you're looking at who they're who they have representing their business. And it's just it's discouraging for me to see people that don't look like me. Yeah, it's just sad. So. I would love to see more representation achieved in the photography world. So people, no matter, you know, what denomination you are, you know, just whoever you are, origin you are, what ethnicity you are, if you're male, female, if you're, you know, just when you go out there and you look at the photography community, you see, you can see yourself represented. Yeah, that is a very meaningful answer. I love that. And I think it's something we need to keep talking about as photographers, especially. It is our responsibility to be more diverse, to include more people, to represent different cultures and backgrounds and to be generally very inclusive. Because as you said, it can be male oriented, it can be white oriented, it can be like a very white industry. And that's definitely not good. It has to be inclusive. It has to have everyone from all walks of life so that any photographer from any background who sees these pictures can find somebody who looks like them and can feel like they are also appreciated and welcomed into the industry. I think that is incredibly important. That's huge. That is huge. And I know, you know, within, even within the senior photography world, that that was a huge shakeup. It was, it got uncomfortable. And, but that's the thing you have to get uncomfortable in order to, you know, be able to make changes. But I mean, I'm sure all genres experience it. It's just, you know, I'm not privy to that because I'm, you know, I'm not a wedding photographer. I'm not a newborn photographer. You know, just like you said, just inclusivity. Like I want everyone to, I would love to have everybody feel like they're part of the family and not I'm part of the family, but I'm just not good enough to sit at the table with y'all. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. I I would love to see achieved. And outside of the photography world, you know, just in general, but, you know, for the photography world, you know, it's just, I would love to see more people of different shades and I would love to see women represented. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that I said that that question was my last one, but I think this one is too important not to ask. How can the listeners and just photographers in general, help make a change in the industry? I think number one is just listening. I think sometimes that I I got caught up in it too. <laughs> I got in a couple of arguments on social media. I got in a couple of arguments on Instagram with other photographers because I think sometimes, and this is where my husband says I'm, I'm kind of like at a fault. I always feel like people will treat others the way they would want to be treated and that's not necessarily true so you know i when something is being said i take the time and i listen you know i'm listening to you you're you're telling me your feelings you're telling me your experience and i i sit back and i listen to you and i'm processing what you're telling me but i think sometimes it's not reciprocated Mm -hmm. because so defensive so you know, as someone is telling you their experience and they're telling you how they're feeling, you're tuning them out because you're already preparing your response. So I think sometimes just everyone just just sit back and listen and understand 
that just because it doesn't happen in your world and just because it does, it's never happened to you, that it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen because it does happen. Absolutely. Yes. And just because somebody is sharing their story with you does not mean they are personally attacking you. That is most likely not the case. They're just opening up their feelings and sharing their story. And that is very important to listen to and to learn from. Yes, they're trying to get you to see it from a different perspective. They want you to see that, you know, just because it doesn't happen to you, it's never happened to you. It does happen. And this is my story. But I think people get so defensive. And, you know, just because somebody is sharing their experience with you, they're not saying that you're racist. They're just saying like, hey, this is my pain. This is what I've been through. And this is something that I want you to learn from. But I think times now is just people are just super, super sensitive and they automatically think like I have to be on defense. I've got to be defensive. And that's not necessarily the case. And I'm at fault, too. I'm at fault, too. Like after you get into a couple arguments on social media, like you, your, your defense, like your wall goes up because, you know, things are said out of anger and you know, so I get it, like you go into it, but then you just have to take a second. And even if, like, I had to literally unplug, I, I was off the grid. I went off social media for about a week just to regroup and the Musa and all that stuff. But I think to me, the first thing is just listen to each other. Just, just be open and listen and understand that if somebody is sharing something with you, it's just because they're trying to um, share a different perspective and it goes both ways. When that person is trying to tell you something and share their experience with you, then, you know, you need to be receptive as well. It goes both ways. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. I think that is very good advice in general. I think it is very important to give people the opportunity to speak and to let them continue speaking, not to interrupt them, even if it's on social media. You can't technically interrupt somebody on social media, but I think interruptions aren't always exclusively spoken word interruptions. Oftentimes it's you, as you said, being defensive and not listening and tuning out. And those are all completely unnecessary. And it all comes out of anger and defensiveness. And it's something that we as human beings in general have to learn from and just in general, have to learn to be more respectful. Yes, absolutely. And I think once we just, you know, once you listen, you know, then you can work on, you know, educating, you know, what do I, but I think that to me, just me personally, I think that the first step should be just stopping and just listening to other people, taking in what they're telling you. Yes. And as you listen, you will most likely come up with ideas and how you can help even further. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that with time, this movement will become even bigger and will make a significant difference. It's already making such a significant difference. So many people are getting to learn about other people's stories. And I've learned so much already myself. And it's been very humbling and eye-opening truly a life-changing experience in history, I think, in general. So I have no doubt that it will continue to improve and change people's lives for the better. And we as photographers have to make sure that as a group, we remain inclusive and continue to respect and appreciate and motivate people of color. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for such a meaningful answer. The whole conversation in general was very meaningful. I had a blast talking to you. Truly learned so much about your senior photography experience. It was so much fun. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I didn't do too bad. (laughs) You did an incredible job. I will share all of the links to Danielle's work in the description. Please check her out. Give her a lot of love. Get inspired by her incredible work. And uh, maybe you'll be inspired to become a senior photographer yourself. Come on, let's do it. It's fun. I promise. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, Danielle, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Danielle was absolutely incredible to talk with. She's wise, creative, and compassionate. That's what makes her such an outstanding senior photographer. I hope her story gave you a clear idea of what it's like to be a senior photographer. I also hope she inspired you to be more compassionate and open-minded in your own work. See you next week. 
There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.